1: I will say this about investing: everything you do learn is What well, I learned at 20 is usually... equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Made a podcast, where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividends, so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy Ren. How's it going, bro?
0: I'm very good, Bryce. I'm actually under the blanket again for another episode. Nice. Yes.
1: Did you notice it's... a difference?
0: Well, on our Facebook discussion group, there was a few comments that my audio sounded a lot better than yours. Oh, nice. So, yeah, you should be under a blanket as well. In fact, they've actually started a hashtag in our Facebook discussion group, hashtag Blanket Bryce. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the people are speaking... And they want to see you under a blanket I actually tried to start another hashtag in the Facebook discussion group Hashtag Bryce (laughs) Can Quit
1: Off topic, I think
0: (laughs) I think think the community believe in you I think we we think you can both get (laughs) under a blanket and kick that habit
1: Well, I think I'm going to go for inside a sleeping bag That might be better, I reckon What do you think?
0: Yeah, go for it
1: For those that have seen our first foray into video, raw video, unedited, uncut.
0: Unfiltered.
1: Unfiltered, raw video. Unqualified. Up late. (laughs) Uh, We launched a a new video on on Monday. Uh, We're recording this on the 16th of April. And we did make mention of uh, a listener who has kindly donated a couple of engineered soundboards for the show now that we're both at home. So once they're up and running, we'll certainly get some photos and give them a shout out because I'm sure they're going to prove better than sitting underneath a blanket, Wren. So looking forward yeah, to that. And, and
0: I don't know. I think this blanket's pretty good.
1: Well, if I'll take both the soundboards then if you don't want it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll do the double. Maybe I'll do the soundboard under the blanket. Well,
1: wow. Okay. R- full setup.
0: I was looking it up. The other thing that a lot of podcasters are doing at a time like this is recording in a cupboard because I think that has a similar effect. So maybe I'll do soundboard under blanket in cupboard and I'll have (laughs) the best audio going around. Do you have a cupboard that you'd fit in with all that jazz? Uh, Yeah, we could make room. We we could figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on
1: to some proper discussion that people have probably come to this show to listen to. Two and that is all things stocks and equities. Welcome to the show if you are just joining us for the first time. Welcome to the journey of investing and uh, the Equity Mates community. Great to have you with us today. We are going to be discussing bull traps, Ren. We'll yes. get into a bit of a explanation as to what a bull trap is and why we're discussing them, and and then we'll go through a few examples and also unpack how um, we are positioning our portfolios at the moment given what is going on out there so
0: yes and you just found out a trade that i made recently and was shredding me for it off microphone and we uh, we sort of stopped it and said this should be on the podcast so yes hold tight until the end of the episode if you want to hear that discussion picked up and hear bryce have a have a crack at a decision that i've made and uh hear me try and defend it
1: yeah, if you want to hear some fireworks, I recommend <laughs> yeah. staying around because <laughs> this, I This was could be the shocked. breaking up of the uh, Equity uh, Punishment. <laughs> this could be the end of us, Ren. Yeah, I was shocked yeah. when I read in our show notes one, one thing that Ren uh, is going to be talking about. So looking forward to getting to that. But before we do, let's talk about bull traps, Ren. Yes. What's the context in which we are discussing this term?
0: We've sort of covered what's been happening in markets lately in a lot of our interviews and some of our episodes. And if people are, are interested in markets and have been following the journey, they would be aware that the last couple of months have been extremely turbulent. And for people who are just joining the journey now, you're starting your investing journey at a very interesting time. But to recap, from the market high in late Feb, the ASX fell about 36%. The US and UK and uh, most markets fell around 30%. And then they've really rallied in the month, half month since. And the ASX was up about 20% from its recent low. So down 36% and then up 20%. And for us, it's got us thinking that what we're hearing in the media and we're hearing from companies around the economic effect of the coronavirus lockdown doesn't really seem to be reflected in the really quick rebound in the market. And so it's got us thinking about what that potentially means and what potentially could be going on here. And it's it sort of led us to this idea of a bull trap is what we're calling it, and I think it, it's the, the, I think there's a number of different technical terms for it, but we're just going to call it a bull trap for you know ease of use uh, here. So should we define the term and then get stuck into it?
1: Yeah. So. A bull trap is a technical trading term used in technical analysis, but we can apply it to our investing as well. It's really a rally in price that creates a false momentum signal. Momentum signal is a is a technical analysis term as well, and it creates a signal for the traders to go long or to to buy stocks in a long position because The downtrend looks as though it is over and reversing back to an uptrend in price. However, it's called a bull trap because it's a false signal and the market returns to a downtrend, trapping those that have bought long positions who then need to sell out again at a loss. So, if you think about what's going on at the moment, we had a a significant fall from the middle of February And then it has since recovered, and that is the false momentum signal to go long. So people have perhaps bought thinking that the market is back up on a bull run. However, there is a potential that that is a false signal, and we might see another fall from here at some point in time further on down the track. And at that point, people are going to have to sell out of the positions that they've bought for a loss. So bit of a trap to be in and one to watch out for and also I guess ran one that has occurred throughout history. Is there anything you want to add to that?
0: I think the most important thing is that no one knows what the market's going to do in the future and no one knows what you know we we saw the market fall and then it came back up and it's just going to keep going up or it's going to trade sideways or it's going to go down again and go test the previous low and potentially go lower like no no one knows the answer to that and anyone t- who tells you exactly what's going to happen is probably trying to sell you something so is is really the and and we definitely don't but the reason we're talking about this and the reason we're doing an episode on it is because this idea of a bull trap is something that has been a feature of market falls previously in history and we'll go through some of the history in a minute and it's definitely worth understanding that history because it pays to understand what all the possible you know outcomes of this can be what the range of outcomes are and this is definitely one of them that the market fell and then you know it traded up on Low volumes, you know, not a lot of buying and selling, a lot of cash stayed on the sideline, and then sentiment turned and it goes badly again. Uh, That is definitely one way that this can play out, especially if, you know, the coronavirus lockdown continues and companies really get hurt. On the flip side, this could, this could be a completely useless episode. <laughs> Government stimulus could tide us over. Trump and all of his medication, hydroxychloroquine and all of that that he's been touting, could uh, really come through. Vaccine could come. Bill Gates could fast-track the development of the vaccine, and by July... Markets could be, you know, flying at all-time highs. So the really important thing to stress is we don't know what's going on and what's going to happen in the future. No one else does. But what we're going to talk about is something that has happened before and something that is definitely featuring in our thinking in how we personally think about the next few months, the rest of twenty twenty, and how we invest in this time. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's only going to be a bull trap in hindsight. And for all we know, this could be the beginning of the next longest rally in history. You know, so to your point, Ren, we have no idea, yeah. but it is worth um, it's worth at least understanding these concepts and uh, understanding where they've happened in history and what it has meant at that point in time. Because to your point, if you try to think about building a portfolio that can at least defend against the possibility of this, then you know, you're know you putting yourself in a, in a pretty good position. So, whilst it might not happen, it's good to understand why and how.
0: So, for the structure of this episode, we'll go on a bit of a journey through market falls in history and then uh, we'll talk about how we're thinking about our personal investing current market fall yeah sound good yeah let's do it all right so let's take a journey through history and I guess the important thing to call out as we're going is this idea of a I'm pretty sure in technical analysis it's called a Fibonacci retracement Mm -hmm. and essentially it's where a stock price or moves one way and then it moves partially back the other way so uh, you know What we're going to talk about here is basically when the market falls and then it recovers half of the amount it fell and they call that a 50% retracement. And really what we've seen through history is that that is a pretty common feature of stock market crashes. So to go back to the Great Depression and 1929, the market initially fell and then in the 1930s, there was a few months where the stock market was rising again. And it, wrote, it retraced 50% of its previous loss of the initial crash. And then in sort of mid-1930s, it plummeted again, basically. It went below its previous crash, and then it kept going down for a few years after that, and then you know, was into the Great Depression. Similarly, in 2000, in the uh, tech... Uh, bubble. I just want to
1: put some numbers. You you mentioned some percents there, Ren. I want to put some numbers to the 1929 crash to just put it in perspective. So, the peak was at 400 points and dropped to 200, as you said, in the 1930s. And then that 50% retracement occurred back up to 300 points. But from that peak over the next sort of two years, it actually fell from 300 points down to 58. So... If you were trapped in that bull position and held thinking that you're going to make some money, then you would have suffered a long two years of continuous fall. So, these falls don't often happen as quickly as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We have seen the fastest fall in history. Good to put that in perspective of how long these falls can take. So, what was the next one, Ren?
0: Well, the next one that we've got is the tech bubble that burst in 2000, 2001 And so it initially fell and then again, there was a 50% retracement. So it rose about half the amount that it had fallen and then it hit the low and then it went below that low again. And similarly in 2008, the same thing happened. So the initial collapse happened in 2008 and then in sort of mid 2008, the market started to recover again. It retraced 50% again, so recovered half of what it had lost. And then it fell away again, or mid to late 2008, and then really heavily into 2009. So one way of looking at what we've seen in the early part of 2020, what we're living through now, is the market initially fell away, and it fell away really quickly this time. And then it's retracing some of that loss. So it's it's recovering some of what it lost. And I think it's pretty close to 50% retracement at this point. And then question really for that we definitely can't answer um, is are we just seeing it recover, recover and will it be a V-shaped recovery or will it be similar to some of those past market falls in history where there was an initial fall, a 50% retracement and then a further fall?
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it's an interesting question. If you look at the number of stock market crashes that we've had, you know, since I guess, I don't know, even from since the Great Depression, only these three that we've pointed out really have had this fifty percent retracement occur. And I mean, this is US sort of the, the larger markets around the world. I'm not sure about some of the Asian markets and whatnot, but...
0: Uh, no, I actually think all three of those were purely US markets that we were talking about. They were all S&P 500. Okay. I'm sure other markets followed, but when we're talking about in, you know, in a 50% retracement and a further fall, that was all based off the S&P 500.
1: Does it have to be a 50% retracement for it to be classified as a bull trap?
0: No, no, no. I don't. I'm No, I'm pretty sure not. But that was just something that I was reading about that they all seem to have that 50%. I'm sure there is some technical analysis reason why 50% is relevant, but I'm definitely not a technical analyst. And so I couldn't tell you what that reason is.
1: So if we look at the S&P index now, it's up 24 Yeah. Okay. No.
0: No. So it's not. It's not up fifty percent. It's. It's fifty percent of the fall. Of the yeah. Of the retracement. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice. All right. So, how does this make you think about your portfolio, Ren? I know that you're pretty keen to get into the markets at the moment, given the opportunity that is in front of us. However, you have also been paying a bit of attention to this bull trap situation and I know that you've also bought into the market not too long ago. So, I'm wondering what is your plan?
0: Yeah. So, this is a long run up to you getting the answer that you want from me and then really <laughs> having a crack. So, I like how you've answered a question that you know the answer to already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you're right. I, I've looked at the, uh, the fall of stock prices as a really good buying opportunity. I honestly thought it would fall more to begin with but I I was sort of averaging in I bought both GGUS and GEAR which are two leveraged ETFs one that tracks the ASX 200 and one that tracks the S&P 500 and I bought both of them maybe like a month ago or something and then yeah I've I also applied for a NAB equity builder loan and I've been uh, getting that prepared and I haven't deployed it yet but yeah I've sort of also been lamenting that I don't have as much cash as I would like to really take advantage of some of the bargains that we saw and I'm sure everyone is lamenting that they don't have as much cash as they would like because if you have as much cash as you would like you probably don't need to be investing and you don't need to listen to this podcast but so I bought and then the thing that you're getting ready to uh, really have a crack at me for is I actually sold both of those leveraged ETFs this week
1: so you're a trader you're a you're a day trader <laughs> You're a sell I, definitely,
0: <laughs> def, well, I Yeah, I did sell out uh, and definitely didn't trade it in a day. So why don't, <laughs> why don't I explain my logic and then you can unleash. Okay. The G-Gus, I, I was up about 40% on. Gear, I bought a little bit too early. I was up about 10%. And I was looking at them. I was thinking about this. I was preparing for this episode. And I know that we always talk about buy and hold. But to me it just didn't make sense to buy in and hold these leveraged products. Like don't get me wrong, I'm still holding all the other ETFs that I own. It just didn't seem to make sense if you know, history shows us that sometimes these bull traps then go on to fall away and the market actually hits new lows. To me, it just made sense to sort of trim my exposure to that a little bit, to convert some something back to cash in case the market fell again, because the worst case scenario for me is that the market falls away again and there's even better buying opportunities, but I don't have any cash to deploy. And so I was looking at my portfolio, I was looking at how I could, you know, make it a little bit more liquid and it just seemed to make sense that the leveraged ATFs that were in there, you know, they'd done all right in the last month, I could sell them, potentially get in at a lower price Or potentially have optionality to buy other stuff. And worst case scenario, this isn't a bull trap. This is a bull market that we're about to enter. And I miss out on some further gains and have to buy back in at a higher price. And looking at that range of outcomes and thinking about, you know, what I'd be more disappointed in myself in, I made the call that I was going to sell.
1: So, it comes down to your liquidity issues.
0: Yeah, yeah. Liquidity (laughs) issues, you know.
1: So you've paid tax and brokerage on the profits.
0: Yes. Well, I haven't paid tax yet, but I will.
1: You will. Why did you buy them in the first place then?
0: I thought there was an opportunity to buy it and it was going to go up. Well, why do you buy anything?
1: Let's put it this way. Four years now, you've been saying, I'll never sell a stock, buy and hold. (laughs) I don't, so think just, I don't
0: think I've ever said I will never sell a stock.
1: Oh, I reckon you've 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 <laughs> pretty you've muttered it under your breath. <laughs> I
0: mean, we've said a lot of things on this podcast, but I don't know if I've ever said that. But if I have, um, I didn't sell a stock. I sold the leveraged ATF. So oh, I've got your own technicality. On, <laughs> <laughs> Find where if I said w- I'll never sell a leveraged ATF.
1: So it sounds no. like you're using the leverage as a reason for selling here which I understand. Is there an element here of you trying to time the market? I mean, we started right at the start of this episode saying no one knows. So I guess what you're trying to do is put yourself into a bit of a more defensive position to protect yourself if we do have a bit of a fall from here. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's 100% correct. Like I'm still obviously net long. Like I don't have any shorts. I am heavily invested in the market still. So... Don't get me wrong, I'm still very much buy and hold for the long term and trying to find companies that, you know, can take their earnings and reinvest them and all of that. Nothing that nothing about that has changed, but I don't think we need to be absolute in our thinking and for me it didn't make sense to hold a leveraged ETF that it could, you know, erode value very quickly if the market falls again. And, you know, there was a nice gains in the last month that were there for the taking that would give me some liquidity. It would mean I wouldn't have to sell other stocks that I like or other ETFs that I've held. So yeah, for me, it was just a portfolio management decision.
1: So hypothetically, Ren, both of us have been successful in getting the equity builder and neither of us have deployed it yet. I think that I'm going to probably wait a little bit longer until there's a bit of volatility out of the market wait a few months until things really settle down given that you know you're talking about leverage here and the and the g if you'd put the equity builder in instead of buying g what what would you be doing in this situation do you think massive hypothetical but i'm just interested knowing that leverage is one of the reasons that you're not feeling comfortable with these g and gear and you also have a bit of a profit to take. No,
0: no, don't I, I don't don't get me wrong. If I had another portion like if I owned a couple of stocks that I really hated and i like, I think these are crap, or I just had more cash on the sidelines, I I probably wouldn't have sold G Gus or Gear just because, you know, I still think that long term buy and hold makes sense and, you know, historically and academically that gets proven over and over again. Um so it's
1: pu- it's a liquidity play. You just want some yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah.
0: More than anything, it's a regret minimization play. Because I know that looking at some of the bargains that I couldn't buy recently, you know, it I was sort of like, you know, da- like damn it, this is this was a real opportunity, and if there are more bargains on offer in the future, I want to at least be able to buy some of them. Yeah. And so I sort of looked at my portfolio, had to think about it, and yeah, these were the ones that I decided to sell. But look, if I had an equity builder in the market at the moment, there's—I don't even know if you could sell it and turn it back to cash. But even if I could, I wouldn't be because the idea of the equity build alone is you can put it with an active manager. And really, the only reason—well, the only reason I would invest with an active manager is if I think they can do better than me. And the good mm. news is, I think most active managers can do a lot better than me. So you have to, you know, if you if you choosing one. You have to have faith that they can, you know, manage their portfolio in the right way and, you know, manage their risk in the right way and put themselves in a position to take advantage of opportunities if and when they present themselves because otherwise what are you paying their fees for? So mm-hmm. I'm actually not waiting to time the market per se with my equity build alone. There's just a lot of admin and You know, getting it all set up. So I don't know when I'm gonna deploy it, but you know, I'm not trying to time the bottom to deploy it.
1: Nice. Well, yeah, I mean makes sense and I don't disagree with any of your logic when I just saw on on paper
0: It sounded like you did before the show. It seems like you really softened
1: softened (laughs) Well look, I don't wanna come on and, and give you a roasting. I think, as I said, logic makes sense and I don't obviously sit here and never sell a stock either, so it, it all makes sense, but it was just interesting to see that you'd made notes that you'd sold some of your your stocks and i I just was not expecting that at all given I guess given your underlying investment philosophy. so. I think yes, the big lesson yes. from this is you need to sort your liquidity issues.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and if someone wants to pay me more for the jobs that I'm doing, happy to happy to hear it. Yeah, I I think if people are listening to this and having the same reaction as you, I think that's completely fair. Like there is nothing wrong with a strategy where you dollar cost average into and you and you know you don't even think about the liquidity issues. You don't even think about freeing up liquidity to buy other stuff. Um, you' a hundred of the money that you 're going to invest you 're hundred percent invested all the time and you just keep averaging in over a long period of time is that is a completely reasonable way to invest. I love the the exercise of investing, I guess like we do a we do a bloody podcast on it, and mm. so part of it for me is giving myself the optionality if things go wrong in the future mm. so yeah that 's that 's why I did it. And I guess we've spent a lot of time talking about my decision and you've managed to avoid speaking about your your positioning. So I'm going to turn it back on you and say <laughs> uh, given the theme of the episode is sort of it's great that the market has gone up, but just keep an eye on history and be aware that this has happened previously in market crashes and worse outcomes have followed. How are you thinking about the range of outcomes that could go from here and how are you positioning your portfolio as a result
1: so I was pretty excited when we had the first drop of sort of 10% and I had a bit of a rule where you know for every sort of 10% the market fell I would I would enter in with a portion of the cash that I had sitting there and I did do that st- stuck strong and I, and I did it consecutively when we had sort of the first 10% then another 10% and I entered in with both GEAR and g as well. I've got a bit of gold in my portfolio, so it's been sitting there doing reasonably well. And then, of course, I've just been riding amongst a number of other stocks and ETFs. I've, I've enjoyed riding the waves of Afterpay, just watching it go nuts. But after those first two initial purchases into the market, still had some cash on the side, but as well as applying for this equity builder, I thought that we'd spent some time speaking with a number of experts and have subsequently done a number of interviews as well over the last couple of days and and weeks and you know i think to your point ren that it does kind of feel like there is more to come knowing that we are perhaps entering one of the worst economic environments of of our lifetime it, it kind of just doesn't make sense that we would be at the bottom of a market and there's probably a few known unknowns that might come to play later in the year so I'm very much now going to reduce my buying frequency to quarterly. I think I'm still going to be buying the same amount of stocks in GEAR and GJUS. I really do like these ETFs, but I was going to be buying monthly sort of for the next four months, which is one of the strategies that Andrew Brown sort of suggested. But when I went to buy yesterday, yesterday was the day that everything was meant to be triggered. But I stopped all that and uh, I'm gonna let sit. So I'll probably review at the end of this quarter. So June and see where things are at then, including the equity builder as well. I wanna do a bit of research around that. So yeah, haven't sold anything as such, but still I've got some liquidity on the side ready to pull the trigger when things, well, who knows, have, it might continue going up from here in which case I'll buy it on the way up. But that's how I've kind of positioned myself over the last few weeks.
0: Fair enough. Very boring and methodical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's investing, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, nothing to show you about. Although <laughs> you did not follow your own investing plan, I guess we'll call it, by not buying. So you've obviously changed your behavior as well, just, you know. Yeah, well, to a-
1: your point, I think I, as much as you in- enjoy the process of investing and thinking about it and At the end of the day, you really do want to do as well as you can. And there's always, I feel, going to be a conflict between knowing what historically works and removing emotion from it and going through the monotony of just buying in, letting it do its work. And then the flip side of trying to think that you can think your way through it and probably do better than you would if you did take a boring, monotonous approach. So I think there's always going to be that conflict and we'll continue learning as these events happen.
0: Yeah, so you, you say there that you want you you know, you want to do as well as you can in investing, and then you shred me for trying to do as wanting to do as well as I can in investing. I just can't uh, win Hey, with hey, you. hey, <laughs>
1: I wasn't shredding you for trying to do as well as you can. I was just utterly shocked. I fell off my chair when I saw that you'd <laughs> sold these stocks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure a lot of listeners I'm sure chair. a lot of listeners will as well. But look, I gave you the air to explain your logic and as I said, I, I back your logic in. You're probably going to look like a rock star once we do have a bull trap, and you buy back in at a lower point, and you can go back to this episode, and uh, use it as part of your resume. So,
0: (laughs) let's hope. Let's. I mean, let's hope there isn't a bull trap because that sucks for everyone and people lose money. But if there is a bull trap, let's hope it happens after we release this episode, because (laughs) if it happens this week and we release it next Monday, then it's kind of like oh, the boys are telling us something we already know so yeah
1: well if you also look at history the bull trap leads to a quite an extended fall in the stock market over not just a, a few a few weeks but quite a, a long period of time so i feel like if we do release this episode we've got some time on our hands
0: <laughs> yeah although everything with this market crash and recovery seems to just be on speed. so i True. don't know how that is explained Obviously, you know, some of the other previous crises were a little bit more slow moving, whereas this is literally spread across the globe, you know, so quickly. Um, But, yeah, the recovery has been quick as well. And, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. It's an interesting time.
1: Fascinating time.
0: I don't know what the takeaway from this episode really is. Keep an eye on history. Keep an eye on your portfolio. Make sure you're invested enough to benefit if the market goes up, but you have enough of a liquidity to take advantage if the market falls. Is that kind of nothing advice?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think uh, the big takeaway has been, you know, you don't necessarily always have to stick to... Your strategy and feel free to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think if anything, I hope we've been able to at least introduce a new concept to the community of the bull trap and I guess highlight parts of history, as you said, that might have an implication on their portfolio and, and will allow them to think it, uh, in a bit of a different way. So that's probably my key. key takeaway for this episode, Ren.
0: All right. So on that note, we might wrap up this episode here i guess we we leave it with a bit of a watch this space
1: yeah very much Ren. keen to see what plays out
0: and as you're watching this space you can also watch another space on youtube which is a space that's filled by our two heads doing some video content while we're locked down
1: Yes, took the words out of my mouth. Uh, head to our YouTube <laughs> channel to check out some fresh, raw, unedited, up-late content. <laughs> and yeah, we're trying to get that off the ground. But also, if you haven't already, come and join us on our Facebook group, Equity Mates Discussion Group. A lot going on there at the moment. And sign up to our weekly email, Thought Starters, which you can do at our website, equitymates.com. Follow us on Instagram. And please, if you can rate and like this show, that'd be We've got amazing. way
0: too many, way too many pipes buy a shirt what quality. else is there a <laughs> mug <laughs> i think with the video just to give it a bit of a plug if people are interested in you know we made mention there are some of the bargains that were available in the market but we didn't really specifically call any out we've done one video episode and we've already spoken about a couple i think we'll talk about some more in coming episodes video it's going to be a little little bit of a different format we're still playing around with it but um it won't just be us repeating what we're doing on the podcast it'll be a little bit no. different yeah maybe a little bit more specific in terms of companies and stuff like that, but yeah, give it a watch.
1: Fun and saucy were the two words that you described the videos yeah, when you wanted to we, get them out.
0: We spoke about Kathmandu earlier, and it was trading at a pa of four. And in the two days since we spoke about it, it it jumped up thirteen percent and ten percent. So Jeez. potentially, we have a bit of a midas touch when it comes to Jeez. talking about stocks. So where's our fund? Where's our fund? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Anyway, when we'll leave it there, we've got a video this afternoon. So, we'll be getting that up later this week as well, depending when this episode's released. So, looking forward to doing that and we'll catch up on the pod next week.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The Host of EquityMates investing podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional.